You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. Okay, so Roger, your selection is The Menu, released in 2022. Let's watch a trolley together. Good evening. Welcome to Hawthorne. It'll be our pleasure to feed you. Tonight will be magical. Over the next few hours, you will ingest fat, salt, protein, and at times entire ecosystems. We're eating the ocean. We're eating the ocean. Are you crying? <laughs> it's just I find it all very moving. So it's okay that I'm not as into this as you are. Oh my god. You shouldn't be here tonight. You, my dear guests, are not the common man. Isn't that right? Is he going to keep doing that? What happens inside this room is meaningless compared to what happens outside. We are but a frightened nanosecond. Nature is timeless. What the hell is going on? I love you all. We love you too, sir! Any questions? Is this bergamot I'm getting, chef? Yes, it is. Well, Pascal, would you eat in that restaurant? No, no, <laughs> no, no. And I mean, what an experience, you know, both visually, but also, you know, by the music and so on. And for me, what was fascinating is this is your the, the your you've already selected about a month or so ago the banshees of Inisherin. And I was thinking, so Roger's going through an island theme at the moment because <laughs> the Banshee of Inisherin. So we're back on an island. Um it had this incredible um range from horror to comedy satire to you know kind of um commentary on to the society some dig at celebrity status social media and so on but crafted into really an gorgeous film and the music was absolutely so this juxtaposition of genre and and style was very very jarring which makes you as uncomfortable as the guest in that restaurant um i'm torn whether or not we should say more but then then again which is probably one of the tactics we want to discuss in a moment, the, the teaser trailer we've just seen reveals quite a bit about the storyline in any case. Mm. I think they, the, from the work I did on looking at the uh, marketing for this, I think they struggled with putting the trailer together because it's very, very difficult to put anything in mm. a trailer that doesn't give anything away. Um, literally, they would all be able to, all they'd be able to do is introduce the characters. And 
if you actually look at the teaser trailer that we watched and then the full trailer i think the full trailer is only about 40 seconds longer than the teaser trailer which proves to me that they that they couldn't actually add much more in to what no. we've already teased otherwise they'd have totally blown it i mean that's, I, I think they do actually give quite a bit away and it's pretty obvious from watching the teaser trailer what actually happens and what the twist is but the main trailer doesn't really give much more than that away it's just maybe slightly longer clips from from each of the scenes in the teaser so i do think they struggled with this one because they didn't want to blow the plot too much but as you say it takes place on an island it takes place at a very um, high-end five uh, three michelin star restaurant called hawthorne and the uh, the head chef at hawthorne is played by a really quite sinister ray fines and we've got two um youngsters played by anya taylor joy and nicholas hult who go to the restaurant and, and obviously things happen one of the things that i do love about this is that i'm a massive fan of master chef uh, particularly a massive fan of the Australian version of MasterChef. And, you know, you do get those sometimes quite pretentious Michelin star chefs appearing mm. on MasterChef. And, you know, it almost becomes a bit of a joke, you know, when they, they add these tiny little flowers onto their perfectly yeah. crafted one little um, piece of meat or <laughs> whatever. It's funny using it tweezers. Like, oh, tweezers. Like and, you think, and you think, oh, for goodness <laughs> sake. And, and this this film very successfully set sort of sends all of that up doesn't it and and and, and sort of highlights what an absolute joke it can be and, and there's a lovely twist at the end involving a burger which we probably shouldn't talk about because that might ruin the the entire film but yeah it, it's a it I, I, we really enjoyed it. We we thought it was um, it, it it's a sort of subgenre of films that are going on at the moment, isn't it? Where you've got a group of rich, possibly quite entitled people being brought together in a location, then getting their comeuppance. You know, the the, the second Knives Out film, The Glass Onion, is another mm. example of that sort of genre where people are being brought together and then something nasty happens to them. But I, I think for me it was that sending up of the, the restaurant culture. And in fact, I managed to find, and this was a, this was a comment that a chef had left on the YouTube um, comments section underneath the teaser trailer. And this chef said... This is amazing. I'm a 30-year <laughs> chef, and to be perfectly honest, not going to say many kitchens and industrial people wouldn't smile and nod at many points through this film. As well, everything was so well done. It's a fresh new story, great social commentary, wildly accurate portrayal of how our craft has been compromised by social media critics and people just calling themselves foodies without actual knowledge of what we put into and sacrifice for our craft. This is by far the best movie I've seen this year. Perfect blend of comedy, thriller, dialogue, and stellar acting. Really can't say enough i'll leave it with the trailer doesn't do the movie justice and you think you know what this movie will be until you don't and i guess that sort of sums up as well what we said before is that the trailer struggles because it it can't really give away too much otherwise it really would ruin the film for people yeah and, and i think you know for me the, the story of the making of the film is almost just as fascinating. So uh, I read, uh, because I mean, we will focus just on the marketing effort of the producers themselves, but of course, the media and the fans, um, 
vloggers and, and bloggers have reviewed the film and in fact sometimes fell into the trap of trying to see for example where there's some messages and and symbols in the different dishes i said no you're for the trap of being pretentious about what the movie is trying to criticize so wonderful but one of the uh the writers will tracy um essentially shares that it was an experience when he was on his honeymoon in Norway, memory serves, where he was taken on this bizarre kind of evening where they had to go on the boat and an island to a restaurant. So he was saying it was so unnerving to be taken to somewhere that you, where you didn't have a lot of control, you know, and be served food and so on, that it was difficult to enjoy the food because the the sense of what what happens next you know and the film plays that sense of dread particularly well with um the, the different people so i think there's about 12 individuals invited representing different facets of the foodies can i just say by the way the moment i heard the term foodie i just thought it was stupid and <laughs> and makes no sense i mean it's like where everybody eats food you know and to put a, 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 a vowel y at the end makes you a foodie it's just bizarre <laughs> and, uh, and and of, and of course you you will, you will understand that from a culture of France where we enjoy food without much pretension, but they are pretentious chefs, of course, mm-hmm. and and dining kind of establishments. But in general, we enjoy the flavor and the company, as as I know you, you do too. Uh, so for me, the idea being that so he was born out of a real life experience. He wanted to then go further and explore further. But they went as far as talking to real chefs, you know, and in fact, uh, it was a French chef that uh, helped with the creation of the different dishes because, uh, you know, back to the cinematography, it looks stunning when it's presented, even though I wouldn't want to be in, in that place <laughs> whatsoever. And they even use, as a second unit director, someone that is, um, was already familiar with filming um, food documentary and going to the kitchens and so on because on occasion it looks like some of the shows that you enjoy watching that extreme close-up to to what they're eating the plates and so on and it looks exquisite but it's also uh, pretentious and listening as you go around the tables from the food critics who's trying to find the the, the most bizarre adjective <laughs> to label <laughs> what they see all the way to those rich people who basically couldn't care less and have an incredible sense of entitlement where they go as far as lying about being someone's birthday to get a free cake out of the restaurant. <laughs> You've got all the bad behavior that, you know, uh, where you were at a moment ago, that chef is talking about being there. Uh, yeah, it's just really, really well thought out and well crafted. Yeah. So the marketing, Pascal. Um, probably not the best marketing campaign and and i do think they've missed a few tricks here and i'll and i'll come back to that uh, as to what they may have done but i do like the posters for the film um so Mm -hmm. we'll start with those the posters i I guess as you said there, there was there was 12 different characters of people at this restaurant so it probably would have lent itself to a series of character driven posters that we've seen from films before like um death on the nile etc and, and lord of the rings what they've done here is they've mainly focused on anya taylor joy's character and ray fine's character so they each get their own individual poster character poster the menu that's the name of the film obviously that the, the quite nice and simple um, strap line is painstakingly prepared brilliant execution um, there's quite a lot of subtext in that in that uh, in that little um, strap line there I do like that uh, then there's the the poster which focuses on Ray Fines and of course he's resplendent in his chef whites I was getting real 
Ernst Stavro Blofeld vibes from this, <laughs> yes. uh, this particular poster, uh, which is quite interesting given that Ray Fiennes also plays M in the James Bond films. And then the, the third poster is more of an ensemble where it actually has Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, and Ray Fiennes in the foreground, but the other 12 dinner guests, I guess, in the background. So so in, interesting and very um, uh, simple posters but very colorful and very um striking yeah. i, I think the really sharpness good. the photography is what jumped at me uh, yeah. and it seems to be something we've seen more and more now potentially that could be the the calling card for such like uh, such like pictures sorry mm-hmm. um like you i was thinking oh we're gonna have the um, character posters uh, of all the different guests and we don't get it and at, at first you could be forgiven to think um, it was um, a miss from the marketing team or it was a bit lazy. But actually, once you watch the film, you get it. And I like this complicity with the audience where, you know, ultimately only the character of Margot and the chef um, break the fourth wall and look into the lens. If you look at the assembled poster, all the others are too busy either being pretentious about the food or if you look very very closely they're very very back you see i think who would be the first victim so what i like about the marketing is that they are giving from the teaser trailer and so on they are giving a lot away but it can be missed it's a blink of an eye Mm, that's that's right so so we've talked about the, the the trailers themselves and how the teaser and the and the main trailer are actually more or less the same um and and the the main trailer is only slightly longer Obviously, as you would expect, there was a, there's a web there was a website. Um, they've got an Instagram, they've got Facebook, they've got Twitter. Quite a lot of good stuff on Twitter, actually. If you look through it, there's um, quite a lot of s- short clips which are still on Twitter. What I did find about this, Pascal, and, and bear in mind, this film was only released towards the back end of 2022, is that a lot of these links are broken. And these websites don't exist anymore. And that's literally, I mean, we've, we've, we've had a bit of a, a moan about some companies that take down websites for films that are 10, 15, 20 years old. But you seriously don't expect a website to be um, starting to fall apart literally months later. I mean, we're only three or four months from, away from the launch of this, and already their social media links are um, broken. So that's not a very good show, I, I don't think, and, and, and they should probably go in and fix that. I would say it before, give us the job, people. Yeah. You know, Roger and I will look after your website <laughs> um, happily. But I think you're right. It's awfully brief. And I, I will say as well, and listen, we're not part of the meeting. We're not at the strategy. We didn't look at the data, you know, from their audience profiling. But what I find as well is you've got the campaign leading up to the theater release. Then there's moments of silence, and then it comes back for the DVD and so on. And, and I think, do you know, in this day and age, with everything that you and I have discussed, for example, and looked at, there's a lot you can do in between those big milestones of theater release and DVD Blu-ray release to engage the audience. And again, between those who've seen it, and that can kind of be complicit in creating maybe some memes, and, and which people have done of their own back, all the way to the audience who perhaps didn't get a chance to go to the theater. I, I regret, I think this is a movie to be seen on the big screen, mm. personally, mm. But, but there we are. Um, I, I think there's so much you could do. You're absolutely right. So... Um, the actual launch um, coincided with the the autumn series of festivals throughout the world. Um, 
quite a few interesting things that happened at the Toronto premiere. They um, had a load of cheeseburger trucks to tie in with that scene in the film, which we probably can't talk about without ruining it for people who haven't seen it. And the renowned chef Dominic Crenn, the owner of three Michelin star restaurant, Atelier Kren in San Francisco. He was the food advisor on the production, as you said, and he did publicity to support the film. And in the UK, they teamed up with Waitrose uh, and ran promotions in the Waitrose magazine. Now, I'm surprised, actually, that they didn't do more tie-ins with other food brands. Uh, or other food brands didn't want to do tie-ins with this. Or maybe they didn't want to because of the the, the uh, subject matter of the film but it just seemed to me that not only waitrose but other food brands could have got in on the act here and uh, and promoted themselves and the film at the same time it's fascinating think? because i mean on, on one hand this is a a movie that is is an attack on the, you know how silly everything has become i mean it's on the behavior of the of the, of the guests you, you laugh out loud uh, and then you also have the behavior of the, the the chefs and the sous chefs, which is just as ludicrous. So I think there's almost this symbiotic relationship where it's all BS all the way and people are just <laughs> fitting off on each other. Yeah. Um, but within that, they didn't shortchange the audience. So they use, you know, uh, the French chef, you know, Dominique, and, and, and she's been able to bring on the experience, but, you know, create essentially works of art. But within that, you've got a character of Margot, who is essentially the one that should not be there. The uninvited is almost like the bit of grit in the, in the oyster, um, who basically speaks on behalf of us, the audience, yes. saying, I'm still hungry. <laughs> this yeah. is just nonsense. And, you know, the breadless plate and that kind of things. Um, and what's what I love about it is that it's a movie that really brings the audience in, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's, it doesn't create a wall. And, and Margot is, is our, is our messenger. She's a spokesperson, um, which I think plays to strong female character, which I always kind of love, but also this idea of ultimately these um, dishes prepared, prepared by a woman uh, in a male dominated world. So there's a lot going on in a movie, which is why I've read people only three, four times and they get a lot out of, you know, watching it and not just a once. And the one of the interesting tie-ins that I found when I was looking at this is something that happened in the Time Out magazine, Pascal. They actually created a spoof campaign. Did they? <laughs> yeah, so, so basically what they did is they ran an article in Time Out effectively reviewing this Hawthorne restaurant, okay. but they reviewed it as if it was a real restaurant. So they included photos from the film of the dishes and, and effectively wrote that article as if it was, you know, uh, written by Jay Rayner or um, or one of those uh, celebrity uh, um, critics that they have on MasterChef. They actually wrote it as, it as if it was one of those. And then they said, if you want to book um, a table at the restaurant, click this link. And of course, if you click the link on the in the article, you don't go to a restaurant. You actually go to the web page for the um, the actual uh, restaurant itself. Nice. And then, of course, uh, uh, in the next edition, they actually had to admit that this was a spoof um, and uh, sorry if you fell for it, et cetera, et cetera. I think if you did read all the way down, it did say that it was a spoof at the end. But mm. I'm sure some people were taken in. Um, there was also time out expen extended on that and created the same sort of spoof 
on their um, Instagram feed as well. So five reasons we're dying to try out <laughs> London's bougiest restaurants. Um, so again, they're using the language from the film, the imagery, and uh, effectively, uh, again, taking a little bit of the the uh, the rip out of the restaurant industry. You know, you cannot eat, you can only taste the restaurant that never reveals its recipes, the restaurant that doesn't allow you to leave your seat. All of that was included within this spoof campaign. So that was quite interesting. But overall, um, you know, there was a mini campaign on, on in Instagram as well, using some um, shorter clips from the film. But overall, yes, I like the posters. Very visual, as you've said, striking photography, teaser trailer and main trailer as we've said probably couldn't give much away but apart from that i do think they they missed a trick here because there could have been so much more certainly on social media i think and so so many much more tie-in with other food brands so maybe they just decided they didn't want to do that or they didn't have the budget but i do think they've missed a trick with this yeah and i mean if it's true that the word of mouth marketing has been quite something. I mean, if you look at the reviews and the comments, and like I say, people trying to you know, decipher messages that were not there, and as if falling to the trap of becoming as pretentious as the guest or, yeah. or the group uh, or, or the cooks and so on. Um, so it was it was very tight. It was very finite uh, in terms of time as well. I mean, the one that I did like, but again, it was just like a handful of those uh, on Instagram. You know, they, they would have a sentence like. Um, you know, a, a fine place to dine, mm. but the end would be struck off in red, so you yeah. end up with a fine place to die. So you had, um, <clears throat> excuse me, all this going on, but there's only three or four of those. There's not like um, a, a mini campaign, so, uh, and then they jumped to something else and, and, and so on. So there was definitely a, a campaign around it, but I wonder whether the steer was around, which is how we began this recording today, a physical um venues so you talk mm. about the, the festivals um creating you know uh, kind of um, marquees and and booth and having kind of uh, foodie vans and, and that kind of things so i wonder if that's where they've gone for mm. and, and social media has been there for that to support the, the, those activities it'd just be fascinating to talk to them yeah it would it would Excellent. Well, thank you very much for choosing the menu. I won't thank you for spoiling my night's sleep, though, because I kept either thinking about it or <laughs> this feeling of unease, thinking, what have I just seen? Because <laughs> it reminded me a bit, excuse me, it reminded me a bit of a very old French movie called La Grande Bouffe, where wow. very rich people eat themselves to death, um, <laughs> which I think was then mocked by Monty Python in... Um, was it, um, oh, which one was it? Although it was the uh, meaning of life, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Right. Creosote. Yeah. So you <laughs> had, you had that. Mint. <laughs> <laughs> you also had, it felt as though one of the first Agatha Christie book I read where people go on an island. Ah, um, yeah, I think yeah. it's called, yeah. nowadays it's called, and there there's, there were only one, you know, so one by one people die, uh, and we don't know who, who it is. There was all that going on. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed the, the film. Thank you very much for bringing it to my attention again, because I'd forgotten about it. And yeah, it was a pleasure to look at the, the marketing, and lots of good ideas, but a lot of if-onlys. Mm, definitely. Everyone, this was episode 96. Thank you so much, Roger, for being such an amazing co-host. For you, please leave comments, messages, and suggestions about which film we should review next time in the usual places. Until the next one, go out there and make sure your marketing's are right. I was Pascal Pintoni, and he was Roger Edwards.
Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates. 